Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hey, everybody, welcome to Eagles Unfiltered Live. We are right now recording on our Twitch and YouTube channels, and this is going to be episode 90 of the new podcast. So, uh, if you're not tuned in live, you'll be able to hear the podcast right after we finish. I'm Connor Miles with my co-host Ed Kras as usual. Both of us are excited to be here. It's been a little bit since we recorded. Remember, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitch, you will be entered for a chance to win a Jalen Hurts jersey. We're giving out two Jalen Hurts jerseys still. We need to reach 50 subscribers on YouTube and 1,000 followers on Twitch in order to do this giveaway. We're so close. We feel it. Seven, fo- seven subscribers away from YouTube and only under 200 left on on Twitch. So let's get it done. Let's get this going so we can give away some Jalen Hurst jerseys. Thank you guys for all your su- continued support. Ed, you know, the, the Eagles coverage has been kind of, you know, boring. I mean, n- nothing's really going on right now. Uh, we're all griping for content, grabbing at straws, trying to do what we possibly can to get some some good content out there. But uh, I got to ask, man, th- with this, with everything being so down, what what is on your, what's on your mind about this team? I mean, you're talking to Zach Patra. You just had his him on the show for his 2022 mock draft uh that was really out of the realm of normal content that we're we're used to and uh, he had some interesting picks for the eagles uh in his 2022 mock draft i mean he took a whole different angle than most assume the eagles will take if jalen hurts doesn't pan out so uh definitely check that out you can find that on si.com slash nfl slash eagles to read the article or go ahead listen to the podcast episode on eagles on filter but uh you know Great by you to get that content out there, Ed, because uh, it, it's tough time right now. It's tough sledding. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, Zach was kind enough to join me. And usually I don't pay a whole lot of attention to uh, mock drafts in 2022. We just kind of <laughs> are coming off the uh, mock draft 2021 season. But, I, you know, I'm really going to have to start paying attention. And I think all Eagles fans are going to have to because the Eagles are going to have probably three picks in the first round. Um, now, of course, you know, they could use that for ammunition to trade for somebody or, um, you know, do whatever they want with them. But th- right now they have three picks probably because Carson Wentz will probably make that playing time requirement of his in Indianapolis. So, you know, I think it's kind of cool to look ahead and see exactly what is out there. So, you know, Zach put this mock draft out on Monday. He's going to do one every uh, probably about once a month in rotation with his colleagues at the NFL Draft Bible, which is also powered by SI.com. And uh, he's going to be going to a a camp in uh, San Diego called The Hub, where undrafted free agents and still free agents on the market uh, will work out. 
hopefully for NFL scouts in attendance. And, you know, maybe the Eagles can see somebody they like there. Um, it's interesting because Jordan Matthews is going to be there. He's trying to make the transition to tight end. He's bulked up and he's trying to find a team to give him a chance to, to play tight end. So, um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool uh, with Pat Patrick coming on. And w- what I liked about it is, number one, he did give the Eagles three first-round picks, so he believes Carson Wentz going to hit that playtime uh, mark in Indianapolis. And second is he believes in Jalen Hurts because he doesn't have the Eagles uh, taking a quarterback, and he talked about his thoughts on the quarterback uh, market in the draft in 2022. So you can check out what he had to say about it. I will say he's not real optimistic about the talent that's out there, but it's still early. But, um, you know, I think the college football season is going to be one that people are going to have to pay attention to. So not only are you going to have to tune in the Eagles, you know, on Sunday, you might want to turn on college football on Saturday and check out, you know, players on defense, especially um, who might fit the Eagles in that college football uh, season when the 2022 draft rolls around. And then also, Connor, I just want to say, you know, I looking for content. I went down to Sea Isle City in New Jersey on Wednesday and um, got a chance to hang out with Jason Kelsey, which was really, really cool. Um, you know, he was a guest bartender at a landmark bar there in Sea Isle called the OD Ocean Drive. Uh, he, he showed up at four o'clock and so did hundreds and hundreds of Eagles fans and you know, Kelsey was terrific. He was introduced to the Rocky music, uh, a little ACDC playing, uh, and he came out holding a tray of jello shots and he went behind the bar and, you know, started selling them to fans and he worked the bar and you could pay a hundred dollars to buy in to chug a beer with Jason Kelsey and several people did that. And, you know, jello shots cost money, but he was taking selfies, holding people's cameras up, you know, smiling in front of the camera with them behind him. And, uh, just a, a great, great event. Um, yeah, and I see the comment here, the story he told about Foles, uh, how he could house beers was amazing. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what. I, I am so to- jealous that you were there. I, I wish I could have been there. Was, that is so – and, and when, when the Eagles emailed out the availability, like the night before, I'm like, you know what, this is the kind of summer content I'm here for. Hit the beach in the day, which I did. I went down early in the day with one of my daughters – um, and, and then in the afternoon you go to a bar. I mean, what's better than that beach and then a bar. So I'm That's, like, you know what? I RSVP, I'm Chelsea. in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and, and it was, so, it was so cool to see. And, and I was tempted to buy in on the hundred dollars. I'm like, you know, I should buy in and chug a beer with Kelsey. I used to be a pretty good beer. Uh, chugger back in the oh, day. You should have done it, man. That would have been <laughs> well, great. I- that would have been great content. <laughs> but then I saw him chugging a beer with a couple others and man, he, he can, he could put them away. There's no way I was winning, but I, you know, it would have been a good cause and all. And I wanted to kind of stay sober because we did get to talk to Jason after he took his first break after about an hour uh, of sweating because it's an outdoor bar and it was covered, you know, with some, you know, uh, you know, it was covered. So you were in the shade, but it was still outside. It was hot. Uh, but then we talked to Jason afterward and, you know, he was so happy to see us, you know, big hug and, Hey, how you doing? He goes, it's so good to be here. Uh, uh, yeah. Ed Shot would be electric. Yeah, I know. We gotta get it done. We gotta get it done on the podcast. So, I mean, yeah. we will be in, I will be in attendance. So will Giovanni and so will you, uh, at Eagles open camp August 8th. So we might have to challenge this and say, Hey Jason, you know, Ed needs his fair one. Cause I would love to chug a beer with them go against him I, I i don't know if i would beat him but i can chug beers so yeah uh, i would definitely like to see that but i mean what a great event a hundred thousand dollars raised 
Well, yeah, you know what? And a lot of that came out of Jason's pocket. I mean, he, he raised 50000 which was really good. Obviously, you know, it was about three hours or four hours of, uh, you know, guest bartending. And um, and then he added 50000 out of him and his uh, wife, Kylie. You know, Kylie is terrific. You know, it's a great family. They have two young daughters, the Kelseys. And um, so they, they matched the 50000 that was actually raised at the bar, which is tremendous in itself. Uh, and then they matched the 50,000, which is, you know, a terrific thing for the Kelsey's just, you know, I can't say enough about the kind of people, you know, Jason and his wife, Kylie are just, just really good people. They get it. Um, they're terrific in the community. And, you know, in my opinion, Jason will be a legendary Eagle, uh, you know, yeah. for the rest of my life and the rest of a lot of people's lifetimes out there. Um, you know, so yeah, it was, it was really a, a fun event. And, uh, you know, we talked to him afterward and he made a great point. He said, it's so nice to see everybody, you know, kind of in person rather than virtually on a zoom call or something like that, how we've been handling interviews and stuff for the past year and a half. Uh, so, and he was right. He's like, man, it's really good to see everybody, you know, and there was only a couple of us that went to this thing. And I, and I just thought it was really uh, a cool event to be to be a part of and to, to watch and see Jason interact with the fans. Fans love him. And listen, this was on a Wednesday afternoon. They had just put this thing together five days earlier. I was talking to the executive director of the Eagles Autism Foundation, Ryan Hammond, and she said this was just think, something put together within five days. So they didn't know what to expect in terms of a turnout. It really wasn't that widely promoted. Um, and like I said, we just got something from the Eagles the night before uh, saying that this is what's going on and that, you know, please RSVP if you want to come and cover it. So uh, I was like, yeah, darn right I do. Go to the beach for the day. And, you know, it was 90-something degrees here this week in Philadelphia. And I'm like, yep, let's go see Jason, pour some shots and beers for, uh, you know, for some patrons and earn some money and have a little fun. That's so awesome, especially yeah. for Eagles Autism. Like the, that foundation is one of the best foundations in this country that does makes a huge difference in the lives of so many. Uh, yeah, they've, keep, ra- and- they've raised over ten million dollars in three insane. years. Insane, which is, when, you know, when you figure one of those years, or at least a year and a half of that time, has been in a pandemic. So a lot of it has had been been done virtually. So you know they're doing a great job. Ryan Hammond, who who is the executive director, she's doing a terrific job. Uh, you know, finding ways in a pandemic uh, to raise that kind of money. So, um, you know, hopefully they're just going to keep growing from here. I think they're just getting started, really. I think it's a great uh, foundation, a great thing to be a part of. And, um, you know, if you're looking for a place to raise money for or donate any money, I think that's as good a cause as any, the Eagles Autism Foundation. Jason Kelsey, a man of Philadelphia. That royalty in that city for the rest of his life and his entire family. I'm glad that the Eagles are doing what they have to do to make sure that he retires an Eagle. Uh, they messed it up with Brian Dawkins. They're not messing it up with Jason Kelsey. So I love to see that. But Ed, yeah. we got to move he, on. We got to, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, he talked about his contract. You know, it's kind of a year-to-year situation where uh, they have until June 2nd to kind of uh, negotiate something if Jason wants to come back. And, um, you know, if he's on the roster past June 2nd next year, he's owed $30 million. But he's the kind of guy that, Listen, you know, he'll he'll renegotiate. He'll he'll come up with a fair number with the Eagles. He'll work with the team. If he wants to come back and the Eagles still see him playing at a high level, they'll find a way to make it work and get him another one-year deal. He's playing this year for $9 million, um, which is a pretty reasonable price if you ask me for a, you know, a center who's made 105 straight starts, is durable, uh, and is still very good at what he does. 
Oh yeah, best center in the league, uh, yeah. uh, hands down. Uh, yeah, so I completely agree with that. So Ed, we gotta move on. <laughs> we gotta start talking about this. Uh, you know, everybody's gonna be like, you guys talk about cornerback too, like every episode now. But I mean, that is the main topic of what discussions are with you hear about the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, PFF just ranked them as the twenty eighth, like worst team in the NFL. Uh, you know, I don't really agree with that, but I think a lot of it goes into the unsureness of Jalen Hurts. And then they look at this cornerback room and think outside of Darius Slay, who, you know, PFF is not that high on anymore as is outside of Darius Slay, the secondary is pretty bad. But, you know, I put this piece out that we're all aware of now by now about Jonathan Gannon and how the Eagles are putting so much trust into him to develop this young, unheralded quarterback room. And, you know, you look at his stops in Minnesota, he's developed players like Mike Hughes. In, in Xavier Rhodes, and then he goes to Indianapolis, and he develops guys like Rock, uh, Rock Yesin, and then he develops, uh, uh, you know, he gets uh, Kenny Moore, Kenny and he Moore, makes yeah. him the best nickel corner in the league. And then Xavier Rhodes comes to town uh, in dire need of a career rejuvenation, and he gets that out of him. And, and Chris Ballard, by name, credits him for that. So for the Eagles to trust Jonathan Gannon to – say take this wait and see approach i think it speaks volumes about the guy that they think they hired uh you know when the eagles have holes ed howie roseman does a fantastic job at addressing them immediately or he goes out of his way to to bring in some kind of answer they have not done that at cornerback outside of zach mcpherson who a rookie in the fourth round so clearly there's some trust there with john again to develop these guys my question to you is it's interesting to see that nobody's willing to give that chance you know, everybody's jumping for Steven Nelson. Let's sign these Steven Nelson. To me, you know, if you sign Steven Nelson, that's great. He's a very good, very good player. He's he's in the market right now because he's not getting the fair market value. And, I, you know, in Kansas City, he wasn't that great. He goes to, he goes to Pittsburgh and becomes one of the better corners in the league. So there's still some question marks with him around around him as well. It's not a guarantee slam dunk. He's going to be great in Philadelphia. But that's that's the one player that, that fans are stuck to right now and they want the Eagles to bring in. Uh, to me, I you know, the wait and see approach is just fine because you have this new defensive coordinator that you really like, who has a great track record developing corners. You know what happened to Craig James last year? He beat out Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. The Eagles thought of him as an ascending player. Why not give him a chance? Michael Jaquette, you know, unfair chance in Jim Schwartz's system that leaves corners on an island. He wasn't prepared, especially as a rookie in the most unorthodox season in NFL history for a rookie. Uh, why can't we? take the wait-and-see approach, be more patient, and see what Jonathan Gannon can make these guys into, especially when it's a specialty. Uh, so to me, Ed, Steven Nelson's a Band-Aid. He's not a necessity. He's a Band-Aid. If they, if they sign him, it's because, okay, we tried with Jaquette. I don't think he's going to be ready. We tried with Craig James. I don't think he's going to be ready. We're not prepared at cornerback two as we thought we did. Let's sign this Band-Aid real quick. Let those guys develop all behind the scenes instead of throwing them into the fire immediately. That's the only reason why he signed Steven Nelson. He's a Band-Aid. Yeah, well, I, you know, I agree. And you're right about Howie Roseman is if he sees a hole and, you know, you know, if the fans see a hole, then Howie sees it too, but he is willing to be patient. Um, you, you know, what do they say? If you, if you listen to the fans, if you're in the general manager's seat, you'll end up sitting with them someday. And, you know, so, you know, Roseman knows, but he's just not going to be impatient and make a move, especially throwing a lot of money at Steven Nelson, who <clears throat> let's face it, wants a lot of money. 
Uh, I think he wants a multi-year deal, and that's probably why he's still available this late into the offseason. I mean, yeah, he's a quality corner, uh, but what are his financial uh, you know, requests? I mean, what does he want to make? How many years does he want? Uh, right now, it's above and beyond what the Eagles and every other team wants to uh, take on. So um, that's why he's still out there. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I think – they're going to be patient, like you wrote about uh, Gannon and his ability to develop kind of these unheralded type corners. The Eagles, to me, and I wrote about this, is they're they're going to go out and they're going to be patient and they're going to wait and see uh, what they have in camp and how things develop, which makes August 12th uh, a very important date because that's the day of their first preseason game. I believe it's against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Philadelphia. Uh, and they're going to see who who uh, – who shows up on the corner in that game? Who who once they put the pads on early in camp, and then once the, the you know they play another opponent, who's going to stand up? Who's going to shrink? And if there's still concern on how he's side, he's going to do everything he can to bring another corner in. Just like as he pointed out in 2017, uh, you know, in the middle of August when we were all questioning the cornerback two position, uh, who's going to play it? He went out and traded for Ronald Darby. So, I mean, you know, there are candidates that you could trade for. Perhaps Xavier Howard, again, a, a big high-priced guy in Miami who's very unhappy. Um, there'll be others. You know, like Nobody saw him trading for Ronald Darby back in 2017. No. Um, so that's why I think they're going to go into camp. They're going to see what they have in Michael Jaquette, see how Avante Maddox rolls. Um, you know, they're going to see how the rookie Zach McPherson uh, develops. And then August 12th comes and they play this game and, you know, whoever the backup quarterback is for the Steelers is picking them apart in that game. You know, then there's going to be, you know, some red flags going up and how he's going to try to get what he can get to help that cornerback position. But, you know, I think you're right. They're going to be patient. They're going to see what Jonathan Gannon and Denard Wilson, the position coach, can do uh, with that cornerback too, uh, how they can maybe help that position by playing a cover three or a cover two scheme um, to take some of the pressure off. Uh, so yeah, they're going to have to be patient, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's a big issue. We've written a ton about it, um, but it's, I think it's going to be a patient as she goes approach and they're going to see what they have through the early days of August. They should be patient with their youth because, you know, they don't have a long-term answer at corner on this roster. Darius Slay's salary next year is going to come, and they're going to have to either pay the piper or let him go. Uh, they don't have one option on this roster that you can say, really put your hat on uh, for the long-term duration of this team. And But they have a lot of young prospects. Yeah. So they're in it. They, they pigeonhole themselves to have to be patient and see what they have in these young guys. Because, again, if you bring in Steven Nelson, you're in the same predicament as in, in next year, but not just deciding what you have to do at cornerback two, but potentially what you're doing at cornerback one. And I get they have three first-round picks, but – the worst thing Philadelphia can do, even with John Deanna on board, is to draft the rookie corner and ask him to be cornerback one from day one and be the guy that locks down the NFC East. Yeah, and, and that that's, might happen next year. And if, that's not that's not the way to yeah. go about it. No, the way to I go know. about it is to see what you have in Craig James, see what you have in Michael Jaquette, see what you have in these young uh, Zach, Zach McPherson because these guys might end up having to have a pivotal role in your starting corner next year. Yeah, they might be forced. To, I know the Eagles are great in cap position, but uh, corners don't grow on trees. And I know we're talking about the Ronald Darby trade, and uh, we don't 
it's not say Ed and I aren't saying that that just always happens. Like that's not always going to be an option that the young corner is going to become available. Uh, Xavier Howard is, you know, Miami's might still hang on to him and force him to play for them. He's a yeah. really great player. He's one of the better corners in the league, top ten, if you ask me. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting situation. But I mean, again, there's going to be there's so many new coaching staffs in the NFL right now. Uh, what it was, I think there's like six head coaches, new head coaches, something around the lines. I might be wrong, but those new coaching staffs inherited players that they might not see as fits. I look at the Denver Broncos right now. They loaded up a corner, loaded up a corner. They get they signed Darby. They signed Kyle Fuller. They drafted Patrick Sertain. They're going to let somebody go. That might be a room that you look at and you say, you know what, maybe that team needs a tight end finally. Maybe they need to po- pair Noah Fant, who's been inconsistent so far, with a Zach Ertz, and they just do a swap, a corner for tight end. I we always talk about trading Zacherts and what you can trade Zacherts for weekly on this podcast. It, yeah. I'm not going to continue that conversation, but that's just what I'm going with. You know, there's going to be teams out there. The Jaguars are loaded at corner right now. Yeah. They're, they're going to be shopping corners at some time during the preseason. And the Eagles are be the first teams to put the calls in. I don't know if you need to go out there and sign Steven Nelson. Or it needs to be a necessity because I don't think Steven Nelson could be a long-term solution for this team. I don't, I just don't. And I need to look at every option and see if they're a long-term option for this team because next year they might not have Darius Slay and they might not have a lot of other guys that they have right now because Avante Max is the last year of his deal too. So you need to see what you have with these young guys because uh, they're going to be... I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if Zach McPherson does a start for the Eagles in 2022. I'd be shocked. Either is it nickel or or cornerback too. He has to start for the Eagles because that's the position they're in right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he'll he'll work his way into a starter. I also am kind of excited to see what they do with Michael Jaquette. You know, I mean, Jaquette got some time last year. He's a long corner, 6'1". Um, he's got the long arms. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what he looks like in camp, too. Uh, you know, I know he had a bad game against the Cowboys last year. You know, no shame there going against Mari Cooper, a veteran who really schooled him. Uh, but he had a good game when they threw him out there the week prior. Um, so I think, you know, if they can find a level of consistency they can live with with Michael Jaquette, then he he could grab that cornerback two spot um, and become kind of that unheralded corner that Gannon next produces. Like, you know, you mentioned a few names he did in Indianapolis. So, yeah, I don't think they need to go out and sign Steven Nelson. Um, you know, I guess it would be OK. I mean, maybe in the short term, even maybe the long run, because. You know, that Slay situation, unless he redoes his contract next year, they're not going to let him count $22 million against the cap um, that he, you know, that he's scheduled to cost next year and then $23 million the following year. I mean, he's 30 years old now. Um, yeah, I think uh, they need to be patient and just let things unfold in August. And you're right. Some of these players could shake loose. Denver's loaded a corner. You know who else is loaded a corner is the Green Bay Packers. You know, they have Jair Alexander, one of the best in the game. They have Kevin King. They drafted Eric Stokes. Um, they took a guy in the second round, I think, last year. Josh Jackson, I think his name is. Who They have uh, Channing Sullivan, the former yeah, Philadelphia Eagle. Sullivan. One of the better slot corners in the league now. Former Eagle was in Eagles camp, and they and they let him go. But, uh, you know, the Packers are loaded, and there was, you know, again, with the Zach Ertz stuff, I mean, the Packers were one of the teams that, tried to trade for him last year at the trade deadline prior to his injury uh, and they couldn't get it done. So I know they have Robert Tandon there or uh, Tanya in there playing tight end, but uh, you know, Zach would make a great uh, 
uh, tight end to throw in there. He's good friends with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that helps make Aaron Rodgers a little bit happier. I mean, listen, there's a lot of scenarios we could talk about as far as what to do at corner for the Eagles. And some of them do involve Zach Ertz and trading him. Um, but independent of that, I think they'll be fine. And I think they just keep each year now in the draft, they have to keep drafting a cornerback. And that going back to Zach Patra's draft, he had the Eagles taking a cornerback with the sixth overall pick next year, uh, a kid from Clemson, Andrew Booth Jr. Um, Derek Stingley, uh, according to Patra, went number five to the Jaguars from LSU, uh, the son of the great Daryl Stingley, who played cornerback for years in the league. So, uh, you know, they could look again in the top 10. They, listen, they would have probably taken uh, J.C. Horn. They would have, they like J.C. Horn and they like Patrick Sertain this this past draft, in fact, I think there were five players they really wanted to get uh, in the top 12. Four of them went off the board. Two of those were the corner. The other was, I think, Kyle Pitts. The other was Jalen Waddle. And Devontae Smith was the last one of those five still there. Uh, and that's why they traded up to 10 exactly. to grab Smith. But they really liked those cornerbacks. So it wouldn't surprise me next year uh, if they went corner in the first round, if they're picking you know, in the top 10 again, which is very likely. I mean, they'll need to because they're going to need I still think they're going to need two corners next year. Yeah, I still think so. I mean, we're not talking about the Darius Slay contract enough. That's not that's not a context that's uh, in Eagles fans' minds because he's become a fan favorite, and I completely understand it. And he, I, I'm sure he'd be willing to renegotiate, but how much and to yeah. what extent? I mean, the guy hasn't won a playoff game in his career yet. He's going to want to win, like, especially at the age of 30. He's going to want to win. So, at what extent does he take a pay cut to stay with a team that uh, it really just depends what the situation the Eagles are in. It really depends. I mean, if they show, like I said, like we said last episode, if they show enough progress to the point where they look like they're going from 2016 to 2017, then sure, bring Darius Slade back, renegotiate the deal, and bring in another corner besides him because he's not going to be at the top of his game or the, the top of Darius Slade's capable game much longer. So go ahead, you, you know, bring him back if that's the way you look. But if he don't look that way, you have to let him go. You have no choice. You have to let it cut them loose. So this can either be this is a make or break season with Darius Slay and the Eagles, and not enough fans are focusing on that. Yeah, I I agree, and that's why they do need to get younger. That's why if they can make a move for kind of like an Xavier Howard type, and you know, listen, that's not my preferred route to be honest with you. I don't. I'm all for players getting paid whatever they can get paid in this league because it's a rough game. Your 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 lifespan in the league is very short. Um, but you know, listen, this guy got paid a ton of money, $75 million, I believe it was on an extension or 72 million back in 2019. And already he's unhappy with it because they went out and paid Byron Jones a ton of money, made him the highest paid corner on the team. So he wants a new deal. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Listen, you agree to a number, uh, you know, show that commitment that the team showed to you and play for that number. Um, yeah. so that, that to me is kind of a red flag for Xavier Howard. Tremendous talent. Here's why. I, I gotta interrupt real quick. Here's why I disagree yeah. with that. Wanna why? Ed, because you covered the team. You you remember these things. Remember what happened when the Eagles signed Asante? Who was pissed first? Lita Shepard. Absolutely yeah. demanded trade immediately. First, as soon as the news announced he demanded trade, wanna why? They paid Asante way more than Lita Shepard. Lita Shepard was a great corner for the team at that time. So that set red flags off with Lita Shepard. Guess what happened again a couple of years later? They signed Nomni Asimov. Well, they have Asante and Dominique Rogers Camardi on the roster. Guess who that pissed off? Asante Samuel. He demanded a trade immediately. They couldn't get it worked out. He played with the team still, but he was pissed the whole entire time. Nomni was making more than him. Guess who was better that uh, during that time, though? It wasn't Asante. Nomni. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it was Asante. And they picked the, they picked the worst guy over him. So where I'm looking at Xavier Howard's situation, I'm thinking I get interceptions in my sleep. Byron Jones can't get those if he, if his life dependent on it. He's a great lockdown corner, but here's me getting all these interceptions, changing the outcomes of games, and you're paying him more than me? I can understand it. I can I can get it. And I, I lived through two of those situations in Philadelphia to see, to completely understand it. Cornerback that cornerback spot is an alpha p- position. It, you you can't take your cornerback one, who Xavier Howard is a cornerback one in this league, and tell him I'm going to pay somebody else more and expect him to be happy. It's not going to happen. It's just that's just not how it works. It, you, you can't do that to wide receivers. You can't do that to corners. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I think that you know you're getting paid. At, you know you agreed to a deal just two years ago, and uh, I you hear know, you though. Go out, your contract. I hear it. I, go out, I hear you. Go out there and play, you know, go out there and play and be happy with what you agreed to a deal on. And and some guys do that, you know, others don't, but you know, I, I don't really agree with it to be honest. I don't, you know, I think you, if you, if you agreed to a number, you should show the commitment. Now, listen, if you're like, you know, I know Malcolm wasn't happy with his contract for, for a couple of years and he went out and played and played like a superstar and he accepted what they were paying him, but you know, it reached a point where he couldn't take it anymore and he left. So, um, I understand it does happen, but I also understand that you need to man up and, and play for what the organization showed their commitment in you, uh, at, regardless of what happens, because the market changes every year. You know, the, the prices go up for players every single year. Um, OK, so if you didn't if you weren't going to be happy with a five year extension, then go for something shorter for a couple of years, you know, and, and, and take maybe a little bit less so you can renegotiate again, you know, bet on yourself. But, you know, listen, I, you know, I, I get it. I understand, you know, the how you get upset about it. But, you know, I, I, I'm i not a big fan of it, to be honest. There's no doubt in my mind if just to end this segment off real quick, there's no doubt in my mind if Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn was available, the Eagles would have picked them. Yeah, for sure. One of them. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I mean, they were so high on Patrick Sertain. I think, you know, people thought that they were they were all in on J.C. Horn. I think they were more in on Patrick Sertain than they were on J.C. Horn, to be honest with you guys, uh, from – Things I've heard, and then when I made that last mock draft, I had them picking Patrick Sertain for a reason. Um, but Devontae Smith's gonna be a great player for this team, yeah. and we're gonna segue into this wide receiver discussion right now because here's I've been I, and I've been pondering this all night, and I think I'm gonna write about it because I, I've been so deep in thought into this. But what has been the one thing the Eagles wide receiver corpse has been missing since really I want to say. Terrell Owens. I mean, not even Terrell Owens because he didn't. He only played one season with the Eagles. I mean, really, basically one and a half seasons with the Eagles. Uh, maybe Macklin, maybe. Maybe Macklin, since Macklin. I know even Macklin was inconsistent and injured sometimes. But they've lacked having that true number one wide receiver since then. Yeah. Um, since really Macklin. Really, Macklin was on the team. So what a number one wide receiver can do is open so many doors for your passing attack. So many doors for your passing offense. And not only that, make the jobs easier for guys who aren't capable of being number one wide receivers in the offense, which the Eagles have been stuck with for years on end. I know people are going to say Alshon Jeffrey was a wide receiver one. Eh, debatable. I would say debatable with that one. But because uh, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey put the fear into opposing defenses to put their number one corner on him at all times. That's what I think a one, number one wide receiver should do. I think Devontae Smith will be that for the Eagles. And that's something that they have lacked. And that makes the job easier for Travis Fulgham. That makes the job easier for Jalen Rager. So, Ed, my my proposition to you is we're looking at these young receivers on this team. Do they have what it takes to, with with a Jalen Rager, 
with the Devontae Smith, with the Travis Fogel, with the Greg Ward, with the Quez Watkins, with John Hightower, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, so on and so forth, because not every guy is going to make the team. But do they have what it takes with this nucleus to go forward and have a long-term wide receivers corpse? Because, you know, I'm starting to think they do. Yeah, well, um, what they've lacked is a playmaker at that wide receiver spot since probably Terrell Owens. I mean, even Macklin, I mean, he got his yards, and he was great on third down and uh, very reliable and dependable receiver. Well, Deshaun. And Deshaun. Yeah, just right. Deshaun, not this past trip into Philadelphia, no. but early in his career for sure. Back in 2013, I guess, with Chip Kelly, he had the great year. Um, but, you know, they've really kind of lacked a playmaker at the wide receiver spot. And I think Smith is going to give them that. Um, you know, it was cool to see that video that his, his agent, Nicole Lynn, put out there. Uh, Jalen Hurts and him working out, you know, in, probably somewhere in Alabama. Uh, on a Saturday in June, throwing a deep ball, you know, and it's not like we're watching Ben Simmons shooting videos or shooting jump shots, you know, in some gym someplace in the offseason. Uh, I think this video with Hertz hooking up to Smith deep is something we're going to see a lot. We saw a little bit of it in the OTAs, you know, not against anybody really covering him because they didn't do that, but just, you know, his ease and grace, gracefulness in which he can get to a football uh, and the way he can just kind of glide and then accelerate in and out of routes, I think is just going to be a great thing that, you know, of anything to be excited about for this Eagles season is this connection that uh, Hertz and Smith, I think, will develop. So, yeah, I think you have – I think you have a number one in Smith. I mean, going into the offseason, I'll say that, or going into the, you know, training camp, I'll say that, yeah, he he can be this number one receiver that the team has lacked – um, and that number one receiver can make the others better. Uh, yeah, Ed, you, you, you did Ben Simmons, man. Uh, uh <laughs> very, very, very hard times to bring up yeah. Ben Simmons on the Eagles podcast. I, I'm sure that's going to go over well with the Philadelphia faithful. I'm going to love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, you know, you can have your thoughts about Ben Simmons, but the proof is in the pudding, man. What did, well, I don't want to get into Ben Simmons, but, um, you know, I, I just think that. <laughs> Uh, that video we saw and just comparing it to the videos we saw of Ben Simmons, who looked like an all-star jump shooter uh, in these off-season videos he puts together, uh, and then he doesn't take them in games is, you know, just ridiculous. But I, but the Smith-Hertz connection is something you can count on, I think. Um, I, and I can't wait to see that develop. I can't wait to see it in training camp. I can't wait to see it in the preseason. I don't know how long you're going to play in these preseason games. Uh, I don't know what Nick Sirianni's philosophy on these preseason games is going to be as far as playing his starters, how long he'll play them. We saw Doug. He just he never played his starters. So when the season began, it was kind of like the first month was like a preseason game. You know, you had a lot of mistakes. Uh, you didn't have a lot of chemistry. Uh, you wonder if Sirianni's philosophy is going to be different. I tend to believe that it will, that he'll play his starters uh, longer than Peterson did. So we're going to see it. We're going to see the development of Hertz to Smith to that number one receiver. And then you hope that a number one receiver is supposed to make the job easier for some of the others that as you go down the depth chart at the position, like, you know, Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. And, you know, I think Quez Watkins, you know, we saw him turn a short pass into a, you know, a 40 yard touchdown. Right. Run. The chemistry there is with Hertz is already there with Watkins and they're already practicing together with Devontae Smith. Yeah, and 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 with Ward, you know, yeah. whenever you talk to Jalen Hurts and you talk about the receivers, Greg Ward's either the first or second yeah. receiver out of his mouth. So, you know, he's a guy also from Houston, like Hurts is, 
that he knows well. And that's why people might be underselling the role of Ward. And yeah, he's limited, but there's a connection there between Hertz and Ward that, you know, Hertz has already exploited last year. You know, Ward was his go-to guy. He threw a couple touchdowns to him on fourth down last year. So, um, you know, I, I think, but the presence of Smith should help these guys lift their game up a little better and look good. So do they have enough at that spot? Yeah, God, you hope so. They've spent so much draft capital on this position over the last couple of years that you hope now going into 2022, you, you can say to yourself, yeah, we're, we're good there now. Let's look somewhere else. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. I think Devon the as the day go by, I really think Devontae Smith is going to have an Odell Beckham rookie year type impact with the Eagles. I really truly do, and I, I and a lot of that does hinder on Jalen Hurts and how he plays. But uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of people doubt Jalen Hurts. I see on Twitter, it's hilarious. I mean, the the funniest thing about when his agent Nicole drops that video. Is that how many people do not understand what a back shoulder throw is? Like you look at Twitter and they just say, "Look at the velocity on that." And, you know, Jalen Hurts does struggle with velocity on his throws, which is not the end of all ends, to be honest with you. Because I've seen great quarterbacks have really strong velocity on their throws, and they throw a lot of picks with them. Jameis Winston, for example. I don't need you to have a lot of velocity on your throws, but a lot of people took that video and were like, well, "Look at how slow that ball gets there." <laughs> I just laugh. I'm like, there's so many casual fans on Twitter. Oh my god, you guys don't know what a back shoulder throw is? That's a clear practice route right there. Mm-hmm. But really, I really truly think that once that that Devonte and I agree with you about what you said about Nick Sirianni. I do believe that they're going to play the preseason guys, uh, the starters at least in the preseason, a good amount because you have to adjust to the system. Number one, number two, a lot of these guys are new. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't have a preseason last year. So not only is it the 2021 NFL draft class's first preseason, it's also the 2020s. So I, I, Ed, I agree with you. I think they're going to play a lot more in the preseason. They have to really. I mean, they have to adjust to this new system. It's completely dynamic and different than Doug's. It's not going to be. I know Frank Reich was with Doug, but Frank Reich went off and did his own thing. And not only that, Nick Sirianni and Say Seichen aren't always going to be Frank Reich disciples. I mean, these right. guys did their own thing. Nick Sirianni was in the NFL before he was paired with Frank Reich. He was with Kansas City with Todd Haley. He's seen different things. He seems what has worked and what has not at different outlets uh, in the NFL with, with Todd Haley, Mike McCoy, and Frank Reich. So it, it, there's going to be a combination, a mixture of things. And, and you have to include Brian Johnson in there as well, who's going to bring the college element to the game. So yeah. I think, I, Ed, I truly think, and this is a hot take. I'm probably going to get more into it and dive into it and the analyst a little bit more and writing it. Uh, but I do think Devontae Smith's going to bring an Odell Beckham type impact to the team his rookie year uh, when Odell was a rookie in New York because this is what the Eagles need. They needed a guy to s- separate himself and be that number one. And I think Devontae's going to do that and hit the scene as doing that as well. And that's just going to open the doors for like Goddard. That's going to open the doors for Fogel. That's going to open the doors for Rager. So it, I do think this offense is going to be better this year. I think it's going to really help out Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and you listen, I 
I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. I think Devontae Smith can be the Eagles' first rookie of the year uh, on either side of the ball, offense or defense. They've never had one, but I think Smith is that kind of player. I think he's going to get those kinds of targets uh, to be able to make a huge impact and maybe go over 1,000 yards. You know, the rookie record for receiving yards is still owned by Deshaun Jackson back in, I think it was 2008, with 908 yeah. of them, I think, or 913, something like that. Um, I think he can break that. Um, so, listen, I think he can have the kind of season, like you say, the Odell Beckham type year. I think he can go over 1,000 yards. Uh, I think he can score, you know, maybe four or five touchdowns. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he's used in the red zone um, because he is such a very precise route runner. Will he be able to get open enough for Hurts to hit him in the end zone? Uh, or will he score from everywhere on the field, you know, with the I've deep pass? I've seen Hurts. Yeah, I've seen Hertz put it where the ball needs to be in Greg Ward's hand in the in the red zone. Yeah, I'm not worried about Devontae Smith with that vertical leap. There, yeah. the whole, he'll get him there. He'll get it there for sure. If he can get it to Greg Ward, who doesn't make any athletic moves to catch these balls that he gets them in the tight end zone spots, yeah. he can get it to Devontae Smith in the end zone. I have no doubts about it. Well, again, you know, there's a lot of you know a lot of negativity about the Eagles. You mentioned Pro Football Focus had them as like the, the you know the third or fourth worst roster in the league, and but I think Smith. And even Jalen Hurts, that connection is the biggest reason to be excited about this season is to let's see what Devontae Smith can do as kind of that lead receiver in a very young receiving room. I mean, remember, Smith is only 22 years old, I think. Uh, you know, he's a young kid, uh, but he seems like he's built for the moment, you know, built for the pressure, built for the Philadelphia fan base that is very, you know, obviously very, uh, you know, they like to scrutinize everything you do. So, but I think he's built for it um, mentally. Um, oh, absolutely. Because yeah, so, compare yeah. compare these guys that come from prestige programs like Oklahoma, Alabama. Like look at look at look at how Hurts carries himself in Philadelphia compared to how Carson Wentz did coming out of North Dakota State. Like night and day. Night and day yeah. difference. Um yeah. would Carson would have a press conference. And I'm not look, this isn't a picking Carson Wentz uh episode or segment right here. I'm just trying to show you guys what I'm talking about here. And I'll compare it with Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager as well. When Carson Wentz had a press conference, it, we just have to be better. I have to be better. With Jalen Hurts, I mean, there's no BS. There's no in-between. He'll lay it out there. He'll tell you rents do. Like, he'll tell you right how, what's on his mind, and he'll explain it eloquently. And that's what we have to do when you're at a prestige program like Alabama. You have to take accountability like that because the media is going to come at you just like they are in Philadelphia where Carson Wentz wasn't as prepared for it. Look what Jalen Rager last year. I mean, the pressure got to him, obviously, but injuries did as well. But when the media would ask him about Justin Jefferson, he didn't know how to handle you guys, and then he deleted social media. Devontae Smith will handle that completely differently because he had to deal with the Alabama media, and then he always had to deal with his counterparts being Jalen Waddell, uh, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs, who are all incredibly talented. And he had to deal with the media talking about those guys, comparing them to him. Every single day in and day out, whereas Jalen Rager didn't experience that at TCU. So when you have that pedigree already built into you, uh, it, it's going to come. It, I mean, it's going to come. It's going to be there. He's going to be able to handle Philadelphia just as, just as well as Jalen Hurts is able to. Yeah. Yeah. That's That to me is the biggest reason to be excited for the season is Devontae Smith. I mean, certainly had they drafted Sertain or uh, – 
or J.C. Horn, you know, yeah, that's great. Fills a need for sure. But you, you don't have that same excitement level watching a yeah. cornerback try to lock down the other team's receivers as you do with, a, a you know, a playmaker like Devontae Smith. It's going to be fun to see. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be fun to see Jalen Hurts kind of develop. And it goes back to the beginning of the show with Zach Patrick. He believes in him enough that they don't have – he doesn't have the Eagles even thinking quarterback. Um, because he believes in Hurts. And, you know, Kelsey was asked this at C in Seattle City. Uh, Chris Franklin from NJ.com asked Kelsey um, if he had seen Chris Sims's, uh quarterback rankings where he has Jalen Hurts outside the top 40. And and Kelsey's like, listen, I was a sixth-round pick. Nobody believed I could do anything either. So, you know, I thought it was a good analogy. He's like, you know, Jalen Hurts. And he talked about Hurts' leadership, which everybody on the team talks about, how he's able to go into a huddle and take – command of the huddle and the, and the presence he has inside the huddle. Uh, that's a very strong and tangible to have. Now you hope, you know, the physical traits can kind of rise up to that intangible level, but, but we'll see. I, I, you know, he, he's another reason I think to kind of really be glued in on the Eagles this season as Jalen hurts and seeing how he develops. Absolutely. I mean, again, I, I've said this before and I'll just say it again to end this segment. I mean, where this team could have really went full Titanic and jumped ship when Carson Wentz left town. Cause again, they loved Carson Wentz. They held Carson Wentz. He was the leader of this team. They decided not to. And there's a reason why they decided not to. And the reason is Jalen hurts. He won the locker room over for the minute he started after that new Orleans game. I had little doubt that if the Eagles had a transition to Jalen hurts, this team was going to falter or, or fall apart. And they didn't, they did not. They could have, they could have absolutely done it. Jason Kelsey could have retired. You know, Fletcher Cox could demand a trade. Darius Slay could have asked to be released. Like, they could have said, you know what? This team is falling apart. They fired their Super Bowl winning head coach. The franchise quarterback that they presumed that they gave $128 million wants out. We could, we should jump ship. Instead, they decided not to. And I, I truly believe it's the confidence that Jalen Hurts sparks in that locker room for them to think, we need to stay a part of this. This is going to be something special. And that says a lot to me. And that means a lot to me that they feel that way already. And it just shows you why the Eagles are so willing to move on from Carson Wentz. Uh, the way that they were because they have their insurance policy in place that they trust. And his name is Jalen Hurts. I agree. So Ed, we're going to start this new position series where we dissect the state of the position for each position group. We're going to do it each episode now uh, up until the season starts until we finish each position group. Uh, but I thought, you know, let's do the easiest position group first. Uh, one of the deepest position groups on this team. That's easy to talk about. And we'll probably round off for till the end of the hour mark uh, defensive end. You know, very intriguing group. Again, very deep, very deep. Uh, they just brought in Ryan Kerrigan, who's going to play a, a ton of roles, but uh, we'll be rushing the passer from defensive end. They have Josh Sweat still. Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham still in the fold. They drafted Taron Jackson. They have Patrick Johnson. They got some guys out there. I mean, Gennard Avery's not being defensive end anymore. He's he's transitioning to a uh, Sam linebacker role. But uh, there's, there's some really talented guys along this defensive line. Ed. I mean, especially at defensive end. What do you think is the future of this group? Do you really think that this is the let's just say this of the two, Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat in the last year, last years of their contract? I don't believe you bring back both. I still think Brandon Graham is going to be on this team next year. Who do you think steps up in this new defensive system? Because again, Derek Barnett was a Jim Schwartz favorite. That's over with now. The Jim Schwartz favorites are gone. Nobody has that kind of uh pull with Jonathan Gannon right now. Do you think this is the year that Josh Sweat steps up and takes over for Derek Barnett and secures the long-term contract for the Eagles, unlike Barnett? Or do you think Barnett finally, you know, finds his role in Terry Rocker's defensive line uh, 
room and and really steps up and becomes the the top 15 pick the Eagles thought he was going to be and signs that long-term deal with the Eagles. What do you think of those two? Well, I, you know, it is a good uh, defensive uh, end group in the short term, for sure. I, the long term, you need somebody to step up because you mentioned Brandon Graham, whether or not he's on the team in 22. I, I don't know. Uh, certainly highly productive last year. Um, you know, you still have Joe Ostman, who I really like a lot as a person on that defensive end group. I don't know if he fits into this scheme or not. We're going to have to see. Um, but Derek Barnett, last year of his contract, big question mark. He needs a big year, obviously, to return. So it's it's got to be him. You know, you got to hope that it's Barnett that st- stands up and has that double-digit sack season. But it all starts with him, as it has since he's gotten here, is his health. You know, he has to remain healthy. Um, he really hasn't been able to do that a whole lot since he got here as a first-round pick in 2016, I think it was, or uh, 2017. 17, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Wentz was in 16. So, yeah, I mean, he – it's he's got to stay healthy, but I think he can be that guy. I've always believed in Derek Barnett. I've always thought he was a great talent. Um, I love how he hustles all over the field. You know, he, he, if you watch watch games or you, you watch him play, I mean, he's always around the ball. Whether it's ten yards down the field chasing somebody down from the other end of the of the line, um, I've always liked his hustle. But he just has not been able to stay healthy. But I think it's got to be him that has to step up. And he has to go out and he has to earn and win that contract and that belief from the organization that he can be the guy for the next, you know, three to five years. Um, it's going to be hard, though, because that health thing is a, is, is a real deal with him. If he Even if he stays healthy this year, you have to wonder, okay, can he do it again next year if we give him a three-year uh, contract? Well, who knows? Uh, but you could say that about a lot of guys. But now Barnett has a history of getting injured. Um, if it's not going to be Barnett, it's got to be Josh Sweat. Um, you know, he he's the he came in the fourth round. Uh, another guy, though, that has some health issues with the knees. They seem to be 100%. Can he hold up in the long term, um, you know, over the course of a contract extension of three to five years? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, a big question mark. I mean, that's what I mean. There's a lot of question marks on this line. Taron Jackson, a sixth-round pick, can he be – can he play above his draft grade? Um, you know, and come in and make an impact. He's not a real big guy, but he's an explosive guy. Uh, can he come in and play play a role and, and put himself in the conversation, or does he start the year on the practice squad? Um, you know, the the options are, are uh, very few. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan is kind of, you know, obviously he's 32 or 33. He's, you know, we'll see what he has. He says he has a lot left. I believe him. I think he's going to have a good year. They're going to move him. Uh, I think around in kind of a joker type role, um, line him up over center at times. Um, so he's not your prototypical defensive end. I mean, I think it's a real need. Uh, again, going into the 2022 draft, you have to go out and find yourself an edge rusher. Uh, there's going to be some good ones. It's a great year for defensive players in the draft, but I think it's a position that needs addressed um, early in the draft in 2022 because you do have so many question marks and, um, I mean, even if Barnett and Sweat were to have great years, do you still trust their health going forward on a long-term contract? And I mean, these are questions that we're going to kind of have to wait and see on. But um, in the short term, yeah, I think it looks great. You know, this year, I think it'll be the strength of the team, no doubt. Based on uh, what we know now, uh, if, you know, the Eagles might have three first-round picks this year, Let's just, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they do. Uh, if I was to do my 2022 <laughs> mock draft, I would obviously I want to take corner, but I'm taking defensive end too. Uh, yeah. even if 
even if one of the Derek Barnett's or Josh West steps up, I'm taking defensive end because the Eagles do what the Eagles do best is bringing in the air replacement before that air the the air leaves. Um, I would love to have a defensive end come in and watch Brandon Graham for a year and learn everything, soak everything they possibly can from him before he leaves. Uh, so I'm taking defensive end in the first round next year, no matter what, probably no matter what. Um, but again, if Derek Barnett and Josh Webb both step up, that's that's beautiful. I just don't think they're both going to be. There's an I don't think there's enough time playing time, enough snaps to go around for both of those guys to step up and and say invest in both of us. I don't think it's gonna gonna happen this year. I think it's going to be one of the one of the other. And I think Josh Sweat's going to lead the team in sacks this year. I think this system is actually going to be more beneficial towards Josh Sweat than it will Derek Barnett. And I I always thought when Derek Barnett was coming out of college, he might do better as a stand-up rusher, you know, because he doesn't really have that much bull rush to him at all. And he still hasn't developed a, a positive bull rush. And you're in in a conference in the NFC that has ginormous offensive tackles. Trent Williams of the 49ers is the best left tackle in the NFL right now. And he's ginormous. I mean, the, the whole NFC, um, NFC from top to bottom has a ton of Andre Whitworth, um, excuse me, Andrew Whitworth with the Rams. I mean, I, so on and so forth. Tyron Smith, even with the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's at the end of his career, but still uh, so many other options that I can go over. It was just too long of a list. But if you can't bull rush your, as a defensive end with your hand in the ground, you're as useless to me as a backup punter. Honestly, I'm being I'm being completely honest with you here. You yeah. have to have some kind of bull rush, especially when you're that powerful. Josh Sweat has such burst off the line of scrimmage as a pass rusher. It's hard for tackles to even get set before he gets past them. That is something you build upon for me. Uh, we saw Trent Cole come out and be a fifth round pick and have no expectations and come out here and take Javon Curse's job. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind Josh Sweat can take Derek Barnett's job and secure a long term contract from this team. He just needs to be given the snaps. He can become that productive, excuse me, productive 10 plus sack artist if you give him the playing time. And I know you're talking about his knee and his injuries and all that, but uh, from going off of last year, he said the knee's 100%. Now he has to just build a repertoire to be staying healthy because he had other injuries that hampered him and ended his season prematurely last year. So, yeah, yeah, he had a wrist injury. You can put the injury prone tag on Josh Sweat for sure. You can put the injury prone tag on Derek Barnett. They're both fair. But when I'm looking at this system and what these guys bring to the table this year, it's Josh Sweat for me all the way. It is yeah. Josh Sweat for me all the way. I do think he could become a productive starter in this league. Uh, if anything, become your first down. You have to have him on third downs, but at least have him on first downs too. I think he can become that. He needs to get better, get better against the run. That's where Derek Barnett does best. Look, I don't think Derek Barnett's a bad player at all. I think he's an average player. I said it. Really, when the season started, one of the first podcast episodes we've done, I, I I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with Derek Barnett. I think it's just the expectations are wrong for him because he's an average player. I don't think you're going to get much more out of Derek Barnett than what he's shown. I think you're right. Great hustle around the ball will be terrific against the run, which I think is more important for defensive ends than the casual fan thinks, especially with all these counter runs and these guys that work so well in space as running backs. You need to have defensive ends that are good against the run. And that's Derek Barnett to a T. Yeah. But if you can't rush the passer or bring enough pressure to the quarterback and you can't bull rush, you're not really that useful to me. And I think you need to go to somewhere else and figure it out in, an, in a different organization because I don't think it's going to happen here. I don't think even with John again, I don't think it's going to happen with Terry Rocker. Uh, we'll see. I'm not out on Derek Barnett yet. I think he's an average player. But when I'm talking about making a long term investment, and especially at a defensive end position, that is a premium position. Those guys get paid regardless if you're average. You're making a good 
decent salary. Yeah. I think Josh Sweat is the guy I want to build on going forward. And even if I do, I'm still drafting the defensive end in the first round next year. I'm going corner defensive end right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, uh, Josh Sweat would have been a first round pick if not for his knee injuries. That's why he Absolutely. was in the fourth, fourth round. Um, but he has to prove that he can, you know, play and that those knees can hold up. Uh, as well as some other things, the wrist injury that ended his season last year. Um, see, I, I believe I believe more in Barnett than you. I think um, I think he probably would have had a double digit sack season had he been able to stay healthy and play, you know, more than seven games in a year. I mean, he's a six. He's already gotten six, seven sacks in a season in limited time. Um, I, I think he's got a t- double digit sack season in him somewhere. I mean, remember, he's the guy that broke Reggie White's record for most sacks at the University of Tennessee in, in the SEC. I mean, he he has the track record that, you know, led him to being a first round pick. And I, I don't think that's gone anywhere. I, you know, I think he can be a 10, uh, you know, 10 sack guy. I really do. I haven't given up on him. I think maybe this could be the year. But, you know, again, we'll see some names. You know, and, uh, you know, when I mentioned the, the draft, um, you know, we're getting back to the mock draft stuff. This year, there were no really good edge rushers in the draft. They were all kind of, you know, uh, question mark guys like Jalen Phillips and um, the other kid from the University of Miami, uh, whose name escapes me. But, uh, Gregory, uh, the ones that Gregory Rousseau, Gregory Rousseau, Rousseau, yeah. Rousseau yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks. He, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of question marks about the edge guys in this. Draft. Oh, everybody. Quiddy, I mean, I think what? Yeah, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay went twenty first to the Colts. Yeah. Who was the highest drafted defensive end? Was it Quiddy Pay? It was Quiddy uh, Pay, wasn't it? Well, I think Jalen Phillips went pretty high. I think Jalen Phillips went. Oh yeah, he went fifteen to the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yes, you're correct um, there. Okay, that's really high actually for Jalen. I mean, Jalen Phillips had the highest ceiling of the defensive end group in my opinion i like quitty pay a lot too but i think jalen phillips probably had the high, has the highest ceiling i you would agree probably right um yeah it, I, I yeah. mean if you would have stayed at ucla and nothing goes wrong with chip kelly and he plays his whole career there i i do think he's he's a top 10 pick i mean, there's more consistency on tape then chip kelly really ruined football for him so yeah and he had the concussion history you know he retired right. briefly from the game people question his passion for the game is he going to stay with it you know he's really into music he you know he's kind of shot all that stuff down during you know the uh, pro days that they had uh, you know virtually but you know there's some questions around him and and again it's just to the point that last year was a real crapshoot with edge rushers next year you know according to Zach Patra who had the Eagles taking a, uh, a, a defensive end with their second pick, the 20th overall, which belonged to Miami, a kid from Ohio State, Zach Harrison. But he had three others uh, going before him. Uh, so, you know, a kid from Purdue. And these are just names if Eagles fans want to keep an eye out or an ear out for them this fall. Um, George Karlaftis from Purdue, Drake Jackson from USC, and Kayvon. I love Drake Joe. Jackson. I love yeah. Drake Jackson. Like, I don't That's know any of these guys, Connor, to be honest. I, I haven't really looked at 2022 that much yet. Um, but like I said, I, at the start of the show, I'm going to start because the Eagles are very invested in the first round next year with three probably. Right. Three if you're picks, so. if you're an Eagles fan, start paying attention to the 2022 draft class because even if they trade one of these first round picks, which I believe they do, I, I really do believe they get that one key player that they need to get. Uh, it just goes back to when they traded for Jason Peters. That's why I think it's going to happen again. Uh, they give up one of those first round picks that they have. And I, I, they still have two. And these two yeah. look next year is going to shape the future of Nick Sirianni and, and the Philadelphia Eagles going forward, yeah. whether it's Jalen hurts there or not, it's going to shape the future of the Eagles and, and Nick Sirianni's tenure going forward is next year's draft. So if you're, you got to start paying attention to these guys. Now you need to start looking at these guys now 
and Drake Jackson's a beast, man. I I, yeah. I, I watch a lot of USC football because I, I I don't know why. I always been ever, ever since they had Matt Liner and Reggie Bush and Carson Palmer back in the day. I was drawn to USC and just watching their games. But they suck now. They're really bad now. They're nowhere. They miss Pete Carroll desperately. Um, but Drake Jackson one of my favorite uh, edge prospects in this draft. But Ed. Imagine if the Eagles would have took Quiddy Pay over Devontae Smith. Imagine what the terror in Philadelphia would have been up to this point if they take Quiddy Pay at 10 over Devontae Smith. Can you imagine? Because I know that was really talked about, especially on our outlet. Uh, John McMullen loves Quiddy Pay. Yeah. He couldn't stop pegging the Eagles to get Quiddy Pay, and, and fans kept hating it. Um, and, and McMullen liked was, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, the offensive, right. uh, you know, the versatile oh, offensive. Oh, with the Jets guy. And he's going to be a great player. And I, I completely understand that, uh, yeah. the affection for him as well. If the Jets, I mean, Joe Douglas fixed that offensive line in about a year. But really. imagine so if I the Eagles would have taken him or Quiddy. Oh, Pay. Devontae Smith, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> you know. Philadelphia would have burned to the ground. Now, you, you, you think Eagles fans hate Howie Roseman now? Woo. Yeah. Well, imagine that. be sitting here saying, hey, a great reason to, you know, be excited about the Eagles is Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, a great reason to be excited about the Eagles is Quiddy Pay. I mean, Devontae Smith is a legitimate reason to be excited about the Eagles in 2021. Well, and he, you know, I think Quiddy Pay is going to be a good player, and I think Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be a great player too. Uh, but none of those guys would have been worth the 10th pick. I'm yeah. just going to tell you the truth right now. I mean, I, it was, that's how I feel. I mean, at least none of those guys were worth the 10th pick, especially when you have Devontae Smith on the board. So yeah. thank God the Howie Roseman, the Eagles went the right way there because uh, I think you can wait for the defensive end position. When you were looking at this draft, I thought you can wait, but maybe they're they, you know, Terrence Jackson's a great story, great story, and I mean the promise he made his brother to get the Eagles. Uh, really, get, people would need to read it in that. I, I really want to get him on the show and talk about that uh, to get it on Sports Illustrated. But uh, y- you know, maybe there is that guy there because again, what guy said earlier, Trent Cole was a fifth round pick before that nobody had expectations of, and he went in. And took Javon Curse's the huge free agent acquisitions job. Took his role. Made the Eagles think he was an afterthought. So uh don't always give up on these late round draft picks. And Jason no. Kelsey pretty much just preached that to you guys this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, how he gets a lot of grief, but you know, the Eagles do pretty well. Uh, you know, Josh Sweat and the fourth. They're one of they Bo are Allen. arguably the Bo New England Patriots. Yeah. The New England Patriots. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I, gotta, okay. I I'm trying Viewers, I'm working on that. Somebody left the podcast review saying I need to stop interrupting every time somebody talks. And they're right. I do I do do that a lot. But I have to get this out there real quick. The Eagles are arguably, between the New England Patriots and the Eagles, are the best day three drafting teams in the NFL. And the Seattle yeah. Seahawks. Among the Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, the Philadelphia Eagles are among that group. I honestly believe that, uh, being one of the better day three drafting teams. Yeah. And, and you're not you're not interrupting, man. Your passion, your passion comes through, Connor. You're very passionate, man. <laughs> you know that. You know, I, I, you got something in your head. You want to get it out. I have no problem with that. And but it's a good point. I mean, I really haven't studied. You know, the great day three drafting teams. I just know, you know, being so Eagles centric. I mean, they they do a pretty good job. I mean, they've gotten some guys that um, have, have really stepped up on that third day. And you're going to have your share of misses for sure. But you know, it's an area that can't be overlooked. And I think. You know, again, it's we don't know, but I think again, this year's day three was pretty pretty fruitful um, for the guys they took. Guys that are going to be, you know, Jacoby Stevens. I mean, I'm anxious to kind of see how he fits on this team. And Patrick you know, Johnson you know, is something. Yeah, Patrick Johnson, Taron Jackson. I like Marlon Tuatua Polu, who you know, I'm not sure how much he's going to help this year, um, but 
you know, he's a guy that you can put down as probably being a part of that rebuild at the defensive tackle position. Um, so, I, you know, I think they did a good job on the third day again this year. Of course, that remains to be seen. But I think you might have one or two guys in that third day uh, from this 21 class that are going to be keepers and that are going to play well for this team. Look at that Super Bowl team that the Eagles won with. Jason Kelsey, six-round pick. Jalen Mills, seventh-round pick. Bill Allen, seventh-round pick. Holly Pulley Vatai, fifth-round pick. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm missing I'm missing guys. I know I'm missing guys. But yeah, it's fifth round pick. Like, yeah. they're that team was orchestrated of a lot of day three picks. Yeah, and even undrafted Corey Clement on that team. You know, an undrafted yeah. free agent guy. Um, Nick Foles was close to being a fourth round pick. Right. Right. Like, so, there's there's a lot of day three guys on that team that were orchestrated a huge Super Bowl victory for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, so yeah, you can't. Every pick's important. You just hope you've done your homework well enough that you can find guys that can contribute and you can develop into being even better than the grade they had when they entered the draft. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Again, remember, we're giving away two Jalen Hurts jerseys. So two lucky followers are going to win a Jalen Hurts jersey once we get to 50 subscribers on YouTube and 1,000 followers on Twitch. So tell your friends. Tell Tell your your friends, friends, right? I mean, we all need that number one, right? You might have that number two, but you need that number one. Imagine showing up at the link on every game day. player that has in my history of the Eagles that has switched their number after their rookie year has been an elite player. And that is one LaShawn McCoy. So it's, it's, it's destiny. It's destiny. And you know, when Jalen hurts went from two to Alabama to one in Oklahoma, he went excelled as a, as a quarterback. So yeah. I can't wait to see the adjustment he makes this year, making that that transition. So let's get that number one jersey out there. Yeah. Let's get more people wearing that number one jersey. So again, yeah. subscribe on YouTube. We're almost to fifty subscribers. Follow us on Twitch. Yeah. Again, and then again, you can listen to us on every single podcast platform: iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get the podcast by following Eagles Unfiltered. Ed, myself, John McMullen. Great Philadelphia Eagles coverage on si.com slash NFL slash Eagles right there below. You can see there. Go there, read all our articles. We'll be updating the, again, consistently pushing out 24-7 Eagles content. Ed did a great article on uh, Zach McPherson this week, and he also did a great article detailing Jason Kelsey's trip at Sea Isle. It, it was really great talking and starting the show off, getting to hear more about that as well. That was great insight from Ed being there in Sea Isle with Jason Kelsey as well, the legendary Philadelphia Eagle. Legendary. Yeah. It was fun. It was really, really fun. Everybody that came had a great time. And, uh, you know, it was just some some great summer content. I hope you all check out the story. I mean, Kelsey's a great guy. Did a great job raising money. Um, and training camp starts soon. So uh, stay that really, tuned. I mean, that really, that money, I, I have, a, I have my cousin, uh, my mom's sister's daughter suffers from, I mean, all, I don't want to say suffers because that's not the right term, but, uh, Go, lives day to day with autism, the the worst form of autism, and uh, is not even verbal. And the struggle that the struggles my aunt goes through, uh, being a single mom, taking care of her, I would have wished it on anyone. And I mean, to see other families, you know, because autism is so common, mm-hmm. and to see other families, you know, have to put their lives aside and dedicate their lives to their children. Uh, it's it's not easy, and they, a lot of us are in that situation or in those predicaments, and we're fortunate enough not to be because those again, hats off to those people that that have to go through this and raise their kids and their loved ones 
through these struggles and and do so so willingly and put their lives aside and for Jason Kelsey and the Philadelphia Eagles organization to come forward and do such a great great thing for the autism drive and raise 10 million already in three years uh, um, is making such a huge difference really huge is. difference so uh hats off to the Eagles organization hats off to Jason Kelsey uh, you're making such a difference in so many people's lives uh I, for such a great cause too because we having autism doesn't make you different it just makes you special and to see everybody come come forward and take care of these people the way that they should is and wrap their arms around them and, and the support that they're getting through these autism drives is absolutely phenomenal brings tears to my eyes i love seeing it so again hats off to jason kelsey a philadelphia eagles legend the mayor of philadelphia if you ask me it's great seeing all this that stuff going on and i, I love it so again thank you guys for tuning in we'll be back soon we'll look at the wide receivers next time for the state of the position group uh dive into that see probably not talk about the top guys so much since we talked about on this episode take a look at the the bottom of the dead chart see how that unfolds so uh thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you again soon without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.